In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. St. John writes that on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early when it was yet dark. He had died on a Friday afternoon. They had buried his body that same evening before the setting sun began the Sabbath, and he kept Sabbath in the tomb. She counted the hours until very early in the morning on the first day of the week, she came to his tomb, came as early as she could, came with the rising of the sun in the twilight before dawn. What was it that drew Mary Magdalene to go so early to the grave of her Lord? They say that her soul burned with love. She was drawn by a pure and holy love for Jesus. She burned with love. She loved much. She loved much because she had been forgiven much, and she knew it. She knew the hell from which Jesus had delivered her, the seven devils that had once oppressed her, the malevolent and oppressive powers that went out of her because of him, because of Jesus. He had rescued her. He had freed her. He had given her new life. And in return, her soul cleaves to him in love. From that point on, she followed Jesus wherever he went. The love with which her soul burned drew her after him up from Galilee to Jerusalem and all the way to the cross. She was there at the end, standing with a few others, watching in horror as he died. She stayed near him as his body was taken down from the cross and prepared for burial, and she was there watching when they laid him in the tomb. And now that same love, that same bond of holy devotion, draws her early back to where he was laid. St. John does not tell us why Mary went to the tomb so early that spring morning. The other Gospels give a motive, but John says nothing. And his silence leads me to wonder about this bond of love that compels Mary to act with such determination. There's something mysterious in it. Perhaps it is something like a strange and wonderful phenomenon witnessed recently by my family. My sister, Rachel, has or had two horses one, an old and beloved friend named Mickey, who has been in her life for 19 years. The second, Spark, came unexpectedly only a few months ago. When the two horses were introduced, they stood nose to nose for hours. They developed a deep bond. And then it became clear that Mickey was ailing, ailing badly, and that he was going to have to be put down. And when the dreaded day came, Rachel could not bear to witness the death of her beloved horse. 
So she stationed herself out of sight and sound, down the hill and on the other side of the barn, waiting for the end. She had with her spark on a lead rope, waiting. And then when Mickey's heart stopped beating, at that instant, Spark somehow instantly sensed it. At that moment, he suddenly reared and plunged and tore himself away from Rachel. And as she put it, he flew back to his friend in a blaze of love and glory with the most determination we'd ever seen a horse run. No one knows how he knew. But perhaps whatever it was that compelled that horse to fly back to his friend is something akin to that which compelled Mary Magdalene to go so early that spring morning to where they had laid her Lord. Mary's soul burned with love. And love also led Peter and John to race to the tomb when Mary, wild with doubled grief, told them that their Lord had been taken away. That love led John to outrun Peter. It drew Peter, impetuous as always, right into the tomb. It led John to follow him there and to see the empty clothes and to begin to believe what had been impossible to imagine. And that love which had drawn Mary so early to the tomb now fixes her there so that she stays there weeping after the others had gone home, so that she lingers, longing to be near the Lord. And it leads her to look back into the empty tomb and to see to her great surprise the two angels there and to recognize the voice of her Lord when, beyond all hope and beyond all expectation, Jesus, now risen from the dead, appears to her and calls her by her name. Love calls forth her love and makes her the apostle to the apostles, giving wings to her feet as she races back to share the good news with them. I have seen the Lord. And it is that same love which has drawn you and me here this morning, that has drawn us to sing the praise of him who died and was buried and rose again for us, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ is risen today, and our hearts burn within us. Death is conquered. Man is free. Christ has won the victory. My brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He is risen today. His resurrection is not merely something that happened long ago, and far away, but it is a present reality. Even now is Christ risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and on those in the tombs bestowing life. Even now, he says, fear not, for I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and hell. Even now, he bestows life on those in the tombs. Even now, the mighty power by which Jesus was raised from the dead is at work in this world and the lives of those who trust in him. Even now, the Lord is at work giving new life. And he
can give new life to you and to me. He is already at work in each of our lives. He created you. He preserves your life every day. He gives you what you need. And he makes the reality of Easter come alive in your heart when you come to him in faith. Remember your baptism. Remember the true testimony of the apostle that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in newness of life. And again, as the apostle says in another place, God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places. And again, your life is hid with Christ in God. Your baptism is a sure and certain sign of the mighty, life-giving power of God toward you. You, like Mary Magdalene, like me, have been forgiven much. The Lord has rescued you and has freed you. And the Lord is at work still to deliver you from all the enemies of your soul, the demons of pride and lust and anger and greed and covetousness and envy and death, to make the life of Jesus come alive within you, pouring out his Holy Spirit, setting your heart on fire with his love. St. Paul testifies to the Lord's power to give new life, which was something he spoke from his own experience. He had had a terrible, dark time in his life, something that we know very little about, but it was a devastating time for him. And listen to what he says about it in his second letter to the Corinthians. He says, We were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. The God who raises the dead, he said, has delivered him from deadly peril, does deliver him, and will deliver him again. And the same applies to you and me. As one of our contemporaries put it, there is no place in human experience where crucifixion does not apply, and no place where resurrection is not possible. Do you believe that this morning? No place where resurrection is not possible. No place. No place beyond the reach of the God who raises the dead. No place in our lives about which we may somewhere, someday say with the psalmist, Thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, my feet from falling. No death 
God cannot save us from in the end. Jesus Christ is risen today. There is no place in your life that cannot be made new by the power of the living God, the one who raises the dead. Father Robert Krauss once wrote, We do not come to God for a little help, a little support for our own good intentions. We come to him for resurrection. God will not be asked for a little, he says. He will be asked for all, for it is he who makes all things new. Today, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Let us come to him for resurrection. Let us ask all of him, for he is able to mend our shattered lives, already in this life and completely in the day of the life to come. I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ the scripture says. When our bodies lie in the grave, even then, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit which dwells in us. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And by the mercy of God, we shall run like sparks through the stubble, flying in a blaze of love and glory back to our Lord, drawn deeper and deeper into the love that calls forth our love, drawn further up and further in into the life of the Holy Trinity. Jesus Christ is risen today. May your hearts and my heart Burn with love for him. And may we, all of our days, desire nothing more than to know him and the power of his resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.